0: our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. We are continuing our walk through the Gospel of John. We've been on a bit of a hiatus here between Cuba and Confirmation, but we're back in the Gospel of John, and we're here in John chapter 2, and let's be honest, this is a weird passage. Jesus makes booze. It's weird, right? In the, in the early Christian church, they, they, they actually tried to change it. They are like, well, it wasn't really wine, it was grape juice. That's what he made. He made grape juice, not wine. But, it, you know, that doesn't work out because they couldn't make grape juice back then because they didn't have refrigeration. And if you know, if you take a bottle of grape juice and you sit it out on your cupboard or countertop, it'll, it'll be wine eventually. Not good wine, but it'll, be, it'll ferment, right? And so Jesus makes wine. And it's the first miracle he does. And it has a special importance because you look at those last words. It says um, in verse 11, What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. So can you imagine those first disciples? Peter, James, John. Some of these guys are married They have spouses. We know about John. John, we think, was pretty young. Peter, we know he was married because Jesus healed his mother-in-law. So we know he's married. We assume some of the other guys were married too. And they go home to their moms, to their spouses, and they say, I met this guy, Jesus, and I'm going to follow him. And they said, why? Well, according to John chapter 2, It's because Jesus is a great teacher and he makes wine. I'm sure that went over really well. Yeah, great job, son. Good choice. That's the text. It's a funny text. So, what I want to walk through today is kind of walk through the text and highlight four things we can learn from it. Four things. And the first is this Honor your mom and yet, The text says this, Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. This is awesome. Jesus replies to his mom, woman, my time has not yet come yet, which sounds a little odd, right? Because in our culture today, you, you call your mom woman, and you're in trouble with dad immediately, right? Because that's not how you call your mom. In this culture here, the term is a term of respect, is a term of endearment. So Jesus is being polite to his mom. But he's also creating some distance. He's not calling her mom. And this is the beginning of his public ministry. This is where Jesus starts moving away from Jesus, son of Mary and Joseph, to Jesus, Messiah, the promised one. And he begins by setting this up. And according to John chapter 2, he begins by noting that he is God in the flesh. And Mary, Jesus' mom, tells God in the flesh, blows him off, ignores him, and, and tells him to get to work. Isn't that great? So kids, and all of you are kids, somebody's a kid, right? Honor your mom and dad. They're not perfect, but they love you. Some of them have done oh, really not perfect, but they brought you into this world. They gave you life. Jesus says, honor them. Honor doesn't mean to, to love. Sometimes parents are like, you know, I've got to set some boundaries here because you've done some wrong things, but I can give respect. But Jesus calls us to honor our moms and our dads and those in authority. And so we, we do that. So that's the first thing we learn from this text here. The second is this have compassion. Jesus turns water into wine. And on the surface of, the, of it, it, on the scale of miracles that Jesus has done, you've got to rate this one last, right? I mean, he healed people. People who are on the verge of death, he, bring, he heals them. He brings dead people back to life. I mean, those are pretty good, right? And then there's water into wine. You're like, really? Why? Why? Well, in that day and age and culture, weddings were extremely important. They're pretty important today, but back then they were extremely important. And there was a kind of reciprocal thing with weddings. So if you got invited to someone's wedding, then you had to, by custom and and social law, you had to invite them to your wedding, to your family's wedding. And so you can imagine weddings would get kind of big. And it was the job of the the families getting married the bride and groom and their families, provide a wedding feast, a banquet. And it was, it had to be kind of reach the level of weddings in the area. Because if you didn't reach that level, you could get sued. And so this family here, they've planned poorly. The most important event and their families' lives and, and they ran out of wine. And so the best guess as to why that would happen would be, is that the families were very poor. They, they just couldn't afford enough wine. And so they got as much as they could afford and hoped for the best. And so this poor couple, this day that was supposed to be this very special day in their lives is turning into a nightmare. Because now they, they might get sued but they will be socially ostracized because of this day and how poorly they were able to prepare for it. And you might be thinking, oh, man, how horrible they were back then. That's a horrible thing to do. But I bet, I bet you've been to a wedding or two where the goal was really for one family to just kind of show off. You've been to a wedding like that? (laughs) We haven't changed much over the centuries. Things are kind of the same. And so this family, this poor family, we imagine, is in trouble. And Mary, because she's a generous and compassionate soul, has compassion on this poor family. And she knows Jesus can do something about it. And so ultimately, that's why Jesus acts and does this miracle. Because he has compassion on this family, too. Jesus invites us to have compassion on those who are in need for any reason. Jesus invites us to be compassionate. So that's the second thing we learn from this text. The third thing we learn from this text is a sign. It's a sign. Have you ever been driving around and you've seen a really goofy sign? Here's one. Touching wires causes instant death. $200 <laughs> fine. <laughs> that's a great sign. Yeah. Awesome. Here's a good one emergency phone. 174 kilometers ahead. Just keep on walking. You'll get there eventually. That's great. Some signs aren't very helpful, right? This sign is a helpful sign. Jesus turns water into wine. And it says here in the text his disciples believed in him. Now, I imagine there's categories of belief. Because seeing someone turn water into wine is really impressive. But does it really cause you to follow that person for three years and give your life to them? Probably not. But it's a start. And for the Gospel of John, miracles of Jesus are very, very important. In fact, 18 times in the Gospel of John, he says Jesus did this miracle, and it was a sign. That this person that they are following, this person that that by the grace of God we are following, is not just Jesus, son of Joseph and Mary from Nazareth, but this is also Jesus, God in the flesh. He is the one who is able to do signs. He is the one who is able to serve. He is the one who is able to heal He's the one who's able to raise the dead. He's the one who's even able to calm the storm. He can even, if required, turn water into wine. This text here is just a small sign. But it's a sign of larger things to come. Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. He is Messiah. And there's a fourth thing we learn from this text, and it's this. Jesus is pointing to something better. Have you ever noticed in the Gospels how Jesus is often at parties? (laughs) Jesus liked to party. Within reason, folks, all right? Within reason. Never to excess. But he liked to be around people and he liked to have a good time. (laughs) Have you ever seen that, that, that bumper sticker or that sign that says, now no, be good, Jesus is watching? That's horrible. Jesus isn't some cosmic naysayer. He loved to be with people. He loved to have a good time. Jesus loved a good party. I think one of the reasons the Pharisees hated Jesus is because they didn't get invited to the fun parties. But Jesus did. People invited him because they loved to be around him. And he loved to be around people. Turn to that Old Testament lesson from Isaiah chapter 25. On this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats and the finest of wines. On this mountain, he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples, the sheet that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove his people's disgrace from all the earth. Now that's a party. Isaiah describes that day that one day when God's victory over sin and death and Satan will be full and complete and final. And on that day, there'll be a party. And Isaiah is describing this party. The best of meats and the finest of wines. And as if that wasn't good enough, the party favor. Death itself is reversed. And Jesus Himself will wipe away every tear. That, my friends, is a party. (coughs) And this is why in the parables of Jesus, He often compares the kingdom of God to a party or a feast or a wedding banquet. Because heaven is like that. I want you to think back. Think back on the the best party or celebration you've ever been to. Maybe it was a Christmas gathering or a Thanksgiving meal or maybe it was a little kid's birthday, something like that. Think back on the best party or celebration you've ever been to. Remember some years ago, we were celebrating Christmas at my folks' place. And so all my, my grandparents were there, and my aunts and uncles were there, and my family, my, little, my kids were little, running around, were there. And it, it was a blast. And then not only that, but my Uncle Bob and my Aunt Terry, they uh, hosted, years, decades ago, they had hosted this uh, young girl from Guatemala. as a foreign exchange student and they had kept in touch with her family, and so she and her family were there for this Christmas celebration. And my, my cousin, an inspired musician, had brought his guitar, and he was playing uh, some of his songs that he had written, and we were listening to his songs, it was cool. And then we just switched into Christmas carols. And so here we are, my whole family, this uh, spontaneous, a Christmas worship service in my parents' living room. And for, for one family from Southern California, it was a pretty multicultural celebration because my cousin had, had married a, a girl from South Korea, so they were there with their, their Asian, um, uh, Asian Anglo looking kids, that, that beautiful look, you know, and, and we had this family from Guatemala, and I sit there and my, my grandparents are sitting on the couch. thinking, wow, this is like heaven. It's not Iowa. This is like heaven. And looking at my grandparents. I know that they won't be with us much longer. I know that for because for the past eight years, my mom had been saying to me, Jason, you've got to come home for Christmas. It might be your grandfather's last Christmas. Yeah. Like, mom, eight years. Seriously, he's plugging away. He's fine. But they were getting up there. We had good food and family and friends from all over the world. I thought, Lord God, this is a little piece of heaven. Have you had a little piece of heaven like that? Just a great celebration. And here's the sad thing. it, It doesn't last. my grandparents have passed away. My Uncle Bob, my Aunt Terry, they've passed away. The husband of that sweet family from Guatemala, he's in prison now, falsely accused of a crime. There's a new regime in Guatemala we're hoping he can get out because of that. It didn't last. One day... One day it lasts. One day, a cancer is reversed, and sin is eradicated, and Jesus Christ reigns completely in all his full glory for all the world to see, for all peoples of all time, of all generations, of all nations will know that Jesus Christ is Lord and and every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord for the glory of God the Father. On that day, my friends, I can't wait. See, when Jesus turns water into wine, it's kind of a goofy miracle. But it's a forerunner of what's to come. My friends, we cling. We cling so tightly to this earth. We cling so tightly to what we have here. We cling so tightly to what we don't have here and wish we had it. One day, we will all be together. And everyone who... Who dies in Christ, who who dies knowing Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Jesus says, I have something in store for you. And it's the best party you've ever been to. And on this mountain, the Lord Himself will prepare a banquet, the best of meats and the finest of wines. And death itself is reversed. God brings us together as one family. Lots of moms, lots of kids, all together. In John chapter 14, Jesus said to his disciples, do not be afraid. Trust in God, trust also in me. In my Father's house there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you, and if I go... I will also take you to be with me so that you may be where I am. you know the way to the place where I'm going? And Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. See, Jesus is using wedding language. See, it was the job of the groom to prepare a place For he and his bride. And when that place was ready, then they could get married. Then the wedding could begin. So in John chapter 14, Jesus says, You know what Kingdom of Heaven's like? It's like a place I prepared for you. And one day I'm going to take you there. We'll all be together. One family. One Lord. One Savior. One heaven. One Jesus. Are you ready? I can't wait. Amen? Amen. 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 And you thought this was a goofy little miracle about water into wine. <laughs> May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, May it guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord, for life everlasting. Amen. 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 Alright, so what we'll do here is we'll have our closing song. And after the song, we're going to invite the kids to come forward to get flowers um, for their moms. And then we'll invite all the gentlemen in the church to come forward and just start passing out flowers to all the ladies in the church. Because we want to honor all of you ladies. Because you're worthy of it. And you deserve it. Thank you. Thank you for bringing some civility into this world because if it was just dudes, it'd be a nasty place and smell bad. So thank you so much.